0: The freedom that we enjoy and experience is offered to us so that we can love our neighbor. Welcome to the Athens First UMC Sermons Podcast. I'm Sarah Lawing, Director of Online Productions. We hope you'll enjoy this weekly resource. The Scripture lesson this morning is found in the book of Galatians. Paul is writing to Christians, and he's writing about freedom. This is the epistle of freedom, and he writes these words, For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence, but through love become slaves to one another, For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If, however, you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank You for the beauty and gift of this day. When we celebrate Independence Day in this country, Thank You for our freedom. May we use it responsibly. In Jesus' name, Amen. I don't remember when I learned this. You may not remember when you did, but somewhere along the way, most of us learn uh, this line from the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator. That they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness." We've all heard that line read. It's the most familiar line from the Declaration. It's the first line of the second paragraph. But if you've read the entire Declaration of Independence, if you've read everything that it has to convey and say, you will notice the last line reads this way, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. There is a balance in the Declaration between the freedom that you and I enjoy as an individual and the freedom that is a part of what it means to live together as a country. So we do believe that we've been endowed by God with certain rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, certain freedoms, but we also believe that we must pledge to each other our lives and our fortunes and our sacred honor. There's that balance between freedom and responsibility. There always is. Sometimes Sometimes freedom can become uh, self-indulgence. Liberty can come to mean to us we can do whatever we want to do, and we don't have to be mindful of anybody else. If it suits me, if it gives me pleasure, then I'm free to do whatever it is that I want to do. And so if we are not careful, liberty can lead to self-indulgence, and it can be enacted in a way that is far removed from pledging to each other our lives and our fortunes and our sacred honor. I can remember years ago we had a place at the lake, and I believe it might have been July the fourth weekend, and Penny had gone ahead of me to the lake, and I was coming on Friday afternoon uh, after the church closed. And so when i went to leave my office and go out to my car, Jeannie Cooper, who was the administrative assistant, said, don't forget the banana cream pie that I made for you all this weekend. Uh, I know that you and Penny will want to enjoy that with your guests for the weekend, and I did. I love banana pudding, and I love banana cream pie, And, and you don't find banana cream pie in too many places. Just to let you know, if you're in Miami, there is a place down there that has one about like that. I know because I went seven days in a row one time and had a piece Anyway, I, I retrieved the, the pie out of the refrigerator, went out to my car, and I placed it in the passenger seat. I did, I did gather a fork from the church kitchen just in case I wanted to test to see if it was good enough for others, like Penny and my guest. And so I got into my car and I proceeded to get onto the interstate and drive toward. Uh, Lake Oconee, and I thought to myself, it's probably a good time to taste the pie. So I lifted the aluminum foil, and I took my fork, and I tasted the pie, and it actually was quite good. And so I took my fork, and I tasted the pie again, and it was actually better than the previous piece. And so then I took my fork, and I tasted it again, and I continued to do that as I drove down Interstate 20, to the point where when I pulled up to the lake house, I realized I had eaten, I had consumed the entire pie. The pie plate was completely empty. I had eaten a pie all by myself on my way to the lake. I knew at that point that was not a real good situation. But I assumed that my wife had no idea that Jeannie had made a banana cream pie for us. She would never know. All I needed to do was hide the empty pie plate beneath the passenger seat wrap up the aluminum foil go in and have a wonderful weekend together celebrating freedom and self-indulgence <clears throat> so i walked up to the door with my bags and i knocked on the door and because i couldn't get in and turned the knob and penny opened the door and said oh I'm glad you're here safe and sound did you forget the pie that genie made for us for the weekend i said no i did not forget the pie I ate the pie. She said, you ate the entire pie? And I said, yes, I did. Sometimes if we're not careful, we think of liberty as license to indulge ourselves. Do you remember when you were a child? Did your parents have... Have any guidelines and boundaries for you as a child growing up? They inhibited your freedom to some extent. There were certain chores that you had to do. There were certain things in the house that you could not do. Do you remember that? Or were you able as an 8-year-old to just indulge yourself completely and do whatever you wanted to do, and there were absolutely no boundaries in your home? I think that's probably not descriptive of your home. We couldn't do things in the house that we all wanted to be free to do. Jumping on the beds was not something that my mother and father enforced. We were not rich enough to have a trampoline, so we all know the next best thing is a bed. So Mike and I would jump on our twin beds until we broke something or until we fell off and our parents realized what we were doing. And of course, we were chastised for indulging ourselves and jumping on the beds. We were not allowed to throw, kick, catch balls inside the house. If you want to do that, you go outside the house. You don't do that inside the house. But we all know that throwing, kicking, catching balls is much more fun and delightful when you're inside than it is when you're outside. That's why we have dome stadiums. It has nothing to do with the weather. It's because grown men who play children's games can throw, kick, and catch balls inside. But my parents, because it was their duty as moms and dads, to eliminate all of the fun from their children's lives, they decided it would not be a good idea to throw balls inside. I felt like my parents were constantly restricting my freedom. No throwing balls, no jumping on beds. Have you ever felt that? That's why every day now I'll just wing a ball through the house and I'll jump on a bed. That is not true because now my wife restricts my freedoms. And liberty is not license to self-indulgence, is it? Paul says, do we sin more and more so that we can receive grace more and more? In other words, his words are, should sin abound so that grace may abound? And he says, no, absolutely not. Just because we have by grace been saved, by God's goodness and mercy been forgiven, we don't have license to utilize that freedom in selfish ways and indulge ourselves. In he says freedom and the freedom that we enjoy and experience is offered to us so that we can love our neighbor. It is not about self-indulgence. It is about loving our neighbor. But sometimes we struggle with that because to love my neighbor is to take the position that I must set myself aside. I don't think any of us can love well until we're willing to set ourselves aside. If I'm in a relationship with someone and I love you as long as it always goes my way, that's not really love. I'm a better husband when I love Penny more than I love myself. And and she is a better wife when she loves me more than she loves herself. Because in that circumstance, we're surrendering on some level, we're setting ourselves aside on some level, but there's nothing more challenging more more difficult for us than that. Do you remember in 1995, I think it was, the story of the uh, USS Abraham Lincoln uh, off the coast of Newfoundland, and the USS Abraham Lincoln could see a light in the distance so it sent a message saying, recommend you divert your path 15 degrees north. The response from the light in the distance was, recommend you divert your path 15 degrees to the south. To which the USS Abraham Lincoln responded, this is a captain in the U.S. Navy. Recommend you divert your course 15 degrees north. To which the response was, Recommend you divert your course 15 degrees south. To which the captain, enraged by this, said, this is the USS Abraham Lincoln, the second largest carrier in the Atlantic fleet. Divert 15 degrees to the north. To which the light responded, this is a lighthouse, your choice. There are times when that's true story. There are times when when the, the best approach is to set ourselves aside, is to be able and willing to do that. But it's the hardest thing for us to do when we have to surrender in some form. But the scripture teaches that freedom comes in surrender. The more freedom the more willingness there is to set myself aside. That's how it works. It's the paradox of freedom. More freedom, more surrender. Those two go hand in hand. And so we reach that point in our lives where we're free because we have nothing to hide. Paul writes that he experiences freedom in the fullest possible way, but it's because Paul has nothing to hide. Paul has recognized that God is a God of mercy and grace. He has repented of his sin, and he had a lot to repent of. He had persecuted Christians for years. He had stood there when Stephen was stoned to death. So he had been part of an execution of a Christian, the first Christian martyr. But Paul had nothing to to hide because that information was not secret. He had confessed his sin and he had found himself forgiven uh, by God. When we reach the point where we have nothing to hide, there is a freedom that we enjoy and that we experience in those moments. Paul had nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. She was not one of my favorites, but I remember her line: Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. And Janis Joplin was not wrong about that. Uh, She was right about that. You see, Paul's self-esteem was not tied to his ego. It was not tied to his wealth. It was not tied to his job. It was not tied to his influence. And it was not tied to his affluence. It was not tied to the approval of others. And when, we, when our self-esteem is not connected to all those things, we reach a point where we have nothing to lose. So he had nothing to hide. He had nothing to lose. And he had nothing to fear. He was in the mid to late 90s. I was watching the U.S. Open golf tournament. And on the final day, the final pair was a guy named Tom Lehman and a guy named Steve Jones. They both professed to be Christians. And the story goes that they teed off on the first hole and they walked down with their caddies to their balls. And as they were walking together... Tom Lehman turned to Steve Jones and he said be strong and courageous Steve for God is with us and nothing can change that that's Joshua 1:9 he quoted to the guy that he's competing against be strong and courageous for God is with us in this moment and always. And then he said to Steve Jones, lest you and I honor God today. And so they did. Tom Lehman lost the golf tournament, but Tom Lehman had nothing to fear. I was deeply saddened when I received the news about Coach Rick. And uh, when I saw his post on Twitter. But I was also deeply moved and deeply impressed. I have been waddling around lately and people have asked me what is wrong. I've decided to tell everyone at the same time. I have been diagnosed with Parkinson's. Truthfully, I look at it as a momentary light affliction compared to the future glory in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for promising us a future blessing of a glorified body that has no sin and no disease. In the meantime, I'm going to enjoy the blessings that I do have. See you on the ACC Network. I don't read fear in that, do you? I do not read fear in that. And that is because He is a true believer. He is a godly man. When we have nothing to hide and nothing to lose and nothing to fear, that's when we're free. And Paul, above all, had much to hide and much to lose and much to fear. But Paul wrote these words, If I live, I live unto the Lord. And if I die, I die unto the Lord. But whether I live or whether I die, I am the Lord's. That's freedom, brothers and sisters. That's freedom in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. To listen to more sermons, read past devotions, or look up opportunities on how to connect, visit us at AthensFirstUMC.org. Stay in touch with us throughout the week by following us on Instagram or Facebook at AthensFirstUMC. Oh, Umc am again